Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha Namaste Namaste This evening on page 9 of the Chandipat, we're going to begin to study the table of contents. You won't believe, maybe you will if I tell you, that the table of contents is really integral to the way the organization of the Chandipat text is, uh, has been defined. There is a correspondence between the table of contents and the Brahmadi Shapa Vimochanam and the Tantric Devi Shukta of chapter 5. And we're going to find many other instances where there is a perfect correspondence between the various parts and sections of the Chandipa. So, after the Sankalpa, the Swasti, Shanti, Vachan, and all the, the, the Devta Pranam, Etyadi, whatever puja you wish to do prior to the beginning of our recitation, the actual recitation of the Chandipat begins with the seven verses that express the essence of she who relieves all difficulties, Saptashloki Durga, and some people call this a, a, a way to cheat, where you get credit for, by reciting seven verses, you get credit for the bhavana of the Chandipat. Now, it's not the same as reciting the whole 700 verses or the entire book cover to cover, but it's really important, these seven verses. And then comes the song containing 108 names of the respected reliever of difficulties. That's Durgashtotra Shatanamastotra. Uh, so the 108 names of Durga. And then comes the Brahmadi, Brahmadi, Shapa, Vimochanam. That, that means the, the, the removal of the curses by Brahma and others. And remember, we're going to talk about this again and again and again. I just want to say it from the beginning. The Chandipat is an important tool for personal transformation. And the curses of the Chandi pot are that if you recite this beautiful, highly powerful, this, this wonderful recitation for selfish purposes, then you won't have a tool by which you can extricate yourself from selfish attachments. And that's the curse. It's like a lifetime without God. That's a pretty bad curse. So we want to remove those curses by reciting the table of contents. And the table of contents in the Brahma Vishapa Vimochanam is organized in such a way that it follows the order of the verses and it gives you the Bij mantra of each chapter and it gives you the deity of each chapter and it tells you by which bij mantra which asuras are destroyed or controlled and then comes the Nidhakavacham, the armor of the goddess 
I mean, really, before we enter into the secret, before we even open the doors to the secret, you want to put on an armor, make sure you're well protected. You're going to cover your body. Uh, just like Shiva's clothed in space, we're going to be clothed in mantra. We're going to have this suit of armor made out of mantras with gods and goddesses all throughout the various places of our body there to protect. She's so fine. She is so kind. Now, the secret to the doors, the doors to the secret are well fastened. They are locked. They've got a deadbolt lock, and that's the argol. Actually, the deadbolt, yeah, that's the, that a deadbolt is the argol. And the kilikam is what we call a shikol. It's a a security latch, a chain that goes over a hook, and then there's a bolt that goes through it. It's a security latch. So you've got a, 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 the deadbolt lock, the orgolistotrum. Uh, we're going to open up the, the bolt, and then we're going to open up the security latch, uh, the pin, and then we're going to praise the night of duality. Thanks for going. We appreciate that you left. Thank you for being here. You exposed the dark. You, by showing us the darkness, you exposed the light. And now you're gone. Thank you. And now we're going to sing the tantric praise of the night of duality. So you have the Vedic praise and the tantric praise, and then the highest meaning of the goddess, the Devi Atharva Shirsham, the, the Shirsham of Artha, of the goddess. And now comes Navarnavidi, the system of worship with the nine-lettered mantra. Chapter one is the balance between too much and too little. How much? Do we need? Chapter 2, the slaying of the armies of the great ego. And chapter 3, the slaying of the great ego himself. And chapter 4, after you've got no ego, what do you want to do? <laughs> Indra and all the other gods just wanted to sing to the goddess. In chapter 5, self-conceit sends his ambassador and says, uh, okay, goddess, come down from there. <laughs> Don't just sit there enjoying the bliss of consciousness. Come down and serve self-conceit and self-deprecation when the energy of the entire universe right, belongs to them, then there will be no limitation to their self-conceit. And the, the, all the gods and rishis and munis responded by saying, Namastasye, Namastasye, Namastasye Namonamaha. In chapter 6, the slaying of sinful eyes. In chapter 7, Chamunda comes and slays passion and anger. In chapter 8, the seed of desire, along with all the formidable assurers that accompanied him. You know, every time you want something, there's another rock the beach. And then we get the world full of rock the beaches. 
And all we can see is my desire. Everything I see, I see through the paradigm of my desire. Chapter 9, the slaying of self-deprecation. He says, oh boy, did you blow it that time. If only I hadn't. And in chapter 10, the slaying of self-conceit. Chapter 11, the gods sing a song of praise. Narayani Namostute, we are bowing down to you, exposer of consciousness. And chapter 12, what do you get for singing the Chandi? What happens in your life? What changes? Obviously, for some people, nothing changed. And for other people, it became a tremendous inspiration. How do we make the inspirational change in our life so there's a qualitative change to what we're doing? And in chapter 13, the goddess comes and says, All right, what's all this noise about? What do you want? And remember, Samadhi, pure intuitive vision and good thoughts, the king said, we want the wisdom which frees us from attachment to the egotism and possession. She says, Eva must do, Tateva must do, so let that be unto you. And then we do the system of worship with the Navarna mantra, the nine-lettered mantra again, and the Vedic praise of the goddess, and the tantric praise of the goddess. Remember, we started with the Vedic praise of the goddess of the darkness of duality, and we ended with the Vedic praise of the goddess of unity, and the 700 oblations in between, what we're calling 700 verses, shatta shatti, they, those 700 oblations bring us from the night of duality to the goddess of unity and they make perfect that union with the one. The tantric praise of the goddess, that's the namastasye, 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 namaha, the most preeminent secret or the foremost secret that comes next. It tells you this, the, the origin of, of uh, the three goddesses. And the modified secret, uh, the origin of the Mahakali Dash Mahavidya, Mahalakshmi Nashta Dash Bhuja, the 18 armed one, and the eight armed Mahasaraswati. So you have the middle row, the front row, and then you have the top row. And then comes the Murti Rahashya, the secret of the manifestations which are going to come in the future. In the future, Srima is going to come to Napa and make a Devi Mandir, and people from around the world will enter the Devi Mandir by every means possible and enjoy satsang with Srima. Shama Prarthana, a prayer for forgiveness, the rosary of 32 names of Durga, Durga, Dugarti Nasini, Durga Prashamani, Durga Machedini, Durga Sadini, Durga Nasini, Durga Thoth, and 32 names that tell you all about Durga, the reliever of difficulties.
A song seeking forgiveness from the goddess for the commission of offenses. Aparad Kshamapanastotram. Namantram, Nayantram. I don't know what I'm doing, Mom, but I'm trying. Please. I know I'm going to make mistakes. You know I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm trying to the best of my ability. Please forgive me. And the song that gives the key to perfection, the Siddha Kunjika Stotram, be victorious, the Chandima Arati. And the Devi Moyi, the manifestations of the goddess, and Bhagavati Stuti, a song of praise to the supreme gods, and Pranam, bowing down with devotion. These are the order of events that we're going to study, the order of events that are going to change our lives. So let's begin with the Devata Pranam. Every time we sit down, what do you want to do first? Every time you offer anyone any puja, and I know that it's different from puja to puja and pujari to pujari, just as each sadhu is initiated in a mantra, just as each sadhu is initiated in a yantra, so each sadhu is initiated in a puja padoti. Now, Sarvasadya is Ganesh. So he is the first one worshipped in every puja by every sadhu, and the order is different from there. In our parampar, in our lineage, we begin every puja, every time we sit down to perform any worship, we say, Srimam Mahaganadipataye Namaha. We bow down to Ganesh. First, before we offer any uh, uh, powders or sindur or chandan or kumkum or haridram or anything else, we start with Srimad Mahaganadipataye Namaha. And we bow down to the respected great Lord of Wisdom. He is the Lord. He is the Adipati of Ghana. Uh, he's the Lord of the multitudes. He is the, the, the Pati of, uh, of the Gana Adi, the, the wisdom, etc., other qualities and characteristics. He is the Lord of the various characteristics of respect. Sri, Mon, Sri Mon. That's the respected being. We bow to the great, respected, great Lord of wisdom. We bow to Lakshmi and Narayan, the goal of all existence and the perceiver of all. We bow to Uma and Maheshwara, she who protects existence and the great consciousness or seer of all. We bow to Bani and Hiranyagarbha, Saraswati and Brahma. Uh, who create the cosmic existence. Of course, Bani is all vibrations, and Hiranyagarbha is the golden womb. He's the bindu from which emanates all, from which all vibrations emanate. 
Saraswati and Brahma, and they are the creators. We bow to Sachi and Purandar, which is Indra and his wife Indrani, who, who preside over all that is divine. He is the Lord, he's Devraj, he's the Lord, the king of all the gods. Uh, he is the rule of the Indriyas. He, all that comes into your senses, through your senses, das indriyas, through your karma indriyas and your gan indriyas, through your organs of action and your organs of knowledge, give you everything that's in your mind. Everything that you can think came through Indra. And that's how he rules. He tells you what to think. Look at that. Oh. I got to put a name with that form. Now I'm thinking. Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore, I am. We bow to the mothers and the fathers, the mamas and the papas. We bow to the chosen deity of worship. That's our, the, who's front row center in our lives? Chande. We bow to the family de deity of worship. Who's our family deity of worship? Well, in every family, it could be different. In our family, in the family of the Saraswati Sampradaya, we say, Sadavas Adya Mahalakshmi, Triguna Parameshwari. The first and foremost is Mahalakshmi, who embodies the three gunas. We bow to the village deity of worship. In our village, we are from the tribe of Saraswati. So you got Chandi, you've got Lakshmi, and you've got Saraswati. We bow to the Vastu Devta, the particular household deity of worship. And in our house, Durga is our household deity. Uh, so we've got Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, Mahasaraswati. We've got Chandi and Durga. And we bow to all the gods and we bow to the, oh, we we forgot to bow, bow to the Estana Devatavia is, is uh, 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 the, the, the deity, all the deities that are uh, established in our temple. Everybody, hey, everybody who's godly, we bow down to you. We bow to all the gods. We all bow down all the Brahmins, all the knowers of divinity. And now we're going to meditate upon the forms of the three girls in the front row. Mahakali Dash Mahabidya Mahakali and Ashtadashabuja, the 18 arm Mahalakshmi and the 8 arm Mahasaraswati. Bearing in her 10 hands. She's got 10 hands, she's got 10 faces, she's got 10 feet. The sword of worship, the discus of revolving time, the club of articulation, the bow of determination, the iron bar of restraint, the pike of attention, the sling of unity, the head of egotism and the contra-vibrations. She has three eyes on ten heads, that's thirty eyes, do the math please, and displays ornaments on all her limbs. Diviratna Sambayutam Bani Banu Sambapam. She's got these divine ornaments filled with beautiful gems and shining jewels on all her arms, shining like a blue gem. That's the the, the blue uh, the blue sapphire. Uh, 
that is the blue sapphire that she radiates like the like the blue gem she has 10 faces and 10 feet I worship that great remover of darkness, Maha Kali. She takes away the call. Call means darkness, and Kali means she takes it away. Uh, whom the lotus born creative capacity praised in order to slay too much and too little when the supreme consciousness was in sleep. A synopsis of chapter one right there. Uh, Vishnu was sleeping, <laughs> too much and too little came out of his ears and said, who's that fat old man sitting in a lotus leaf in the navel of Vishnu? It looks like Brahma, let's go eat him. <laughs> Look, he looks like he'd be tasty, roly-poly and lots of juicy fats. A funny story. And so Brahma said, Hey, Mahakali, you are the goddess of Yoga Nidra. You wake Vishnu from his sleep of yoga and let him fight with those demons. I'm not going to fight with them. I'm an old man. She with the beautiful face, the destroyer of the great ego, is seated upon the lotus of peace. In her hand, she holds the rosary of alphabets, the battle axe of good actions, the club of articulation. And we're articulating the mantras and we're saying them over and over again. The arrow of speech, the thunderbolt of illumination, the lotus of peace, the bow, the bow of determination, the water pot of purification, the staff of discipline, energy, the sword of worship, the shield of faith, the conscious of vibrations, the bell of continuous tone, the the wine cup of joy, the pike of concentration, the net of unity, and the discus of revolving time named excellent intuitive vision. I worship that great goddess of true wealth. Now she's not just the goddess of any wealth, she's the goddess of true wealth, and she's goddess of the wealth of all your goals and dreams and aspirations. She is known by the Bij Mantra Shreem. She is the perfection of peace in your mind and your heart. That great goddess of true wealth. Bearing in her lotus hands the pike of concentration, the plow sowing the seeds of the way of truth to wisdom. The concha vibrations, the pestle of refinement, the discus of revolving time. She's got patience, that lady. The bow of determination, the arrow of speech, whose radiance is like the moon in autumn, whose appearance is most beautiful, who is manifested from the body of she, who is rays of light and is the support of the three worlds, that great goddess of all-pervading knowledge, who destroyed self-conceit and other thoughts, I worship. That's Mahasaraswati. That Chandi, who slays the negativities of too much and too little and other thoughts, who is the destroyer of the great ego and the vanquisher of sinful eyes, passion and anger, and the seed of desire, the energy that tears asunder self-conceit and self-deprecation, the grantor of the highest attainment of perfection, may that goddess, who is represented by 90 million divine images, that's a lot, supreme of the Lord of the universe, Remain close and protect me.
Om, the divine fire is the light, and the light is the divine fire. I am one with God. The light of wisdom is the light, and the light is the light of wisdom. I am one with God. The divine fire is the offering, and the light is the offering. I am one with God. The light of wisdom is the offering, and the light is the light of wisdom. I am one with God. And now we're going to offer that light. Om, the divine fire is the light. The light of wisdom is the light. The light of devotion is the light as well. The light of the highest Bliss, O oh goddess, is in the light that we offer, the light that we request you to accept with the offering of light, Omeng Ring Kling Chamundai Piche. Uh, the light of the highest bliss, the light of wisdom, the light of knowledge, the light which destroys the darkness of ignorance, is in the light which I request you to see to accept. That's why I am offering my light to you. Now I'm going to wave some incense. Oh, spirit of the forest from you has produced the most excellent of scents, the scent most pleasing to all the gods. That scent we request you to accept with the offering of fragrant scent. Omeng ring kling chamundai now, paya uh, uh, is, uh, is milk, it's also nectar, it's also the pure consciousness. So he says, earth is the reservoir of nectar. And all vegetation is a reservoir of nectar, and the divine atmosphere is a reservoir of nectar, and also above, they all perception shine forth with the sweet test taste of nectar for us. Everything that we see brings nectar to us. Every perception on every level just fills, with, with, fills us with the bliss of infinite consciousness. Oh, the divine fire is the light of purity, is the shining God, and the wind is the shining God. The sun, the light of wisdom, is the shining God. The moon, the Lord of devotion, is the shining God. The protectors of the wealth are the shining gods. The relievers of sufferings are the shining gods. The sons of the light are the shining gods. The emancipated seers, the maruts, are the shining gods. The universal shining gods are the shining gods. The guru of the gods is the shining God, the ruler of the gods is the shining God, the Lord of waters is the shining God, which among the gods does not shine, <laughs> they all shine. Om the infinite beyond conception, the gross body, the subtle body, and the causal body, we meditate on that light of wisdom that is the supreme wealth of the gods, may it grant to us increase in our meditations. Now every level of consciousness on seven levels of consciousness we acknowledge you and bow to you and invoke you and appreciate you. Om in the gross body, om in the subtle body, om in the causal body, om the great body of existence. That's all that can possibly be manifest. Om the great body of knowledge. Everything manifest has a name. It has a form, all rope has nam, all forms have names, that constitutes knowledge. What is the name of that form and what, does the, what is the utility of that form? What is the function of that form? What, 
how do we interact with that form? Own the body of light and take all the knowledge and dissolve it into the light. One light from which emanates all knowledge, which makes all form manifest. Own the body of satyam, sat. Ananda, truth, consciousness, and bliss. Pure existence, pure being is the body of truth. Om, we meditate upon that light of wisdom that is the supreme wealth of the gods. May it grant to us increase in our meditations. This is the Mool Mantra of the Shanatan Dharma. The eternal ideal of perfection has as its basic Teaching, give me more wisdom in every circumstance of life. There is no time, no place, no circumstance in life in which we can't use more wisdom. So give me more wisdom in every circumstance of life. May it continue to increase and may my meditations become more pronounced, more vibrant, more invigorated, more effulgent. And may that light grow and grow. Oh, may the divine waters, luminous with the nectar of immortality, of supreme divinity, fill the earth, the atmosphere, and the heavens. On every level. Oh, my rosary, the great measurement of consciousness. You can measure my consciousness. You have every capacity containing all energy within as your intrinsic nature. Give to me the attainment of your perfection. You're perfect. You were conceived in perfection. You were manifest in perfection. I wear you in perfection. I hold you in my right hand, fulfilling the four object objectives of life, dharma, artha, kama, to achieve the supreme ideal of manifesting, uh, to acquire the necessary resources to maintain that ideal, to be free from every other desire. And when those three are complete, we have the fourth moksha, that is liberation or self-realization. Oh, Rosary, please remove all obstacles. You can do it, Rosary. I know you can. I hold you in my right hand. At the time of recitation, be pleased with me. Hey, you're a good friend. You'll be pleased with me. I'm a nice guy. I'm trying to recite my mantra. Please let me pay attention to you in the mantra. Uh, allow me to attain the highest perfection. Oh, Rosary of Rudraksha seeds, my Lord, you are another manifestation of divinity to me. Give to me excellent attainment. Give to me, give to me. Illuminate the meanings of all mantras. Illuminate, illuminate. Fashion me with all excellent attainments. Fashion me. I am one with God. And now go into the Garden of Delight and pull out all the beautiful flowers with descended flowers and we bow to the Lord of Wisdom, Lord of the Multitudes. Om with descended flowers, Om we bow to the sun, the light of wisdom along with the nine planets. 
minds. When the ascended flowers home, we bow to Shiva, the consciousness of infinite goodness, along with the five primary deities, the five distinctions or divisions or tribes of Sanatan Dharma, those who worship Shiva as a primary deity, those who worship Shakti as a primary deity, those who worship Vishnu as a primary deity, those who worship Ganesh as a primary deity, or those who worship Surya and the nine planets. With the ascended flowers, are we bow to Indra, the rule of the pure, along with the ten protectors of the ten directions, north, east, south, west, northwest, southwest, northeast, southeast, above and below. Oh, with the ascended flowers, oh, we bow to Vishnu, the fish, along with the ten incarnations that he assumes. So he is Matsya avatar, then he was Kurma avatar, then he was Narasimha avatar, then he was Hayagriva avatar, then he was uh, 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 Kurma avatar, then he's Bhaman, Purusharam, Ram, Krishna, and Kolk. With the ascended flowers, oh, we bow to the Lord of all created beings. With these ended flowers, oh, we bow to the perfect perception of consciousness. With these ended flowers, oh, we bow to all the gods. With these ended flowers, oh, we bow to all the goddesses. With these ended flowers, oh, we bow to the guru. With these ended flowers, oh, we bow to all the knowers of wisdom. Now, tie a piece of string around your wrist or around your middle finger or a piece of uh, kush grass. And we say kush grass has two meanings. And one means, has three meanings. Kush means uh, delighted. Uh, so it, it, it also means illumination. And it also means a, a blade of grass. <laughs> so Brahma is in the shining light or the kush grass. Yeah, and he's very happy about it. And in the shining light resides Janardhan, the Lord of all, all beings, the, the supreme, all-pervading consciousness, Vishnu, resides in the shining light. Oh, repository of the shining light, we bow down to you, the seat of kush grass. Oh, we want to make an asana of it, we want to make a bracelet of it, we want to make a ring for of it, and we want to have it in our heart. So we're sitting on it, we're working with it, we're using it as our guiding, our every action, the delight of being in the light. Om, take a sip of water, we bow to the one with beautiful hair. Om, we bow to the one who is always sweet. Om, we bow to he who is one-pointed light. Om consciousness, om consciousness, om consciousness. Wash your mouth, wash your hands. May my lips only allow words which illuminate consciousness to pass through those lips. Own oh, that consciousness of the highest station who always sees the light of wisdom give us divine eyes. I want to see the same way you see. Own oh, that twice-born teacher born once from mother and once from the womb of wisdom who is always thirsty for accepting the nectar of devotion. Oh, consciousness, you are in that highest station. Om the impure and the pure reside within all objects who remembers the lotus-eyed consciousness is conveyed to radiant beauty. Om all the welfare of all 
welfare, the highest blessing of purity and illumination with the offering of respect. We bow down to the Supreme Consciousness who is the actual performer of all action. Not me. <laughs> she, that highest uh, oh, Supreme Consciousness the highest blessing of purity and illumination, she is the actual performer. I, this is merely a vehicle. I am the car and you are the driver. And just as you drive, just so I run. Om, these are the mantras of the light of wisdom, the creative capacity is the seer, nature is the meter, the divine flow of waters is the deity being applied in washing the hands and rinsing your mouth. That means that everything I touch, I touch with purity. Everything I speak, I speak with purity. Every vibration that passes through my lips is the vibration which calls all existence to unity. Now we're going to draw Bindu, outside of which is an equilateral triangle, right underneath our asan, and we're going to place a flower in the middle, and we're going to say, Asanasya Mantrasya Om, introducing the mantras of the purification of the seat. The seer is he whose back is straight. <clears throat> because we sit at a state of attention and readiness, and attentiveness, and we're not slouching and loafing and lazy. We are filled with energy and inspiration. We're not picking our ears or looking, uh, scratching our nose. The seer is he whose back is straight. The meter is a very beautiful form. The tortoise who supports the earth is the deity. These mantras are applied to make the seat free from obstruction. With these scented flowers, oh, ring, we bow to the primal energy situated in this lotus seat. I put that flower in the bindu, which is in the middle of the equilateral triangle, which is underneath my asana, and I grab both ends of the asana with my hands, and I say, oh, earth, you support the realms of the goddess. You are supported by the supreme consciousness. Also, bear me eternally and make Pure this seat. Oh, I bow to my guru. I bow to the guru's guru. I bow to the guru's guru's guru. I bow to the first guru, the supreme guru's guru. I bow to the Lord of Wisdom. I bow to the infinite one. And very briefly, we said, aim is wisdom, dream is maya, clean is transformation. However, in the Siddhi Kunjika Stotram, we gave a much more in-depth definition for aim, ring, clean, chamundae, biche. The three gunas, the three goddesses, creation, preservation, transformation are in constant motion in the paradigm of consciousness. All that we know is the movement of these three goddesses. Om! Namah Shivaya. I bow down to Shiva. I bow to the consciousness of infinite goodness. Clap your hands three times. Snap your fingers in the ten directions. And then you'll say, Omeng Ring Klim Chamundai Hibiche. Om.
Sam Sarasvati Naha. Namaste. Before we take the sankalpa of our worship, let's see if there are any questions about the introductory mantras or about the, the short puja that we did in the beginning, bowing down to everybody, offering light, offering incense, offering flowers, offering water. We have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste Swarupananda. Namaste. When chanting the chandi, I have noticed that sometimes you offer the light by saying the Navarna Mantra first and then saying Deepam Samar Payami. What is the reason you use this instead of Esha Deepaha for the offering? Either way is proper. They are both grammatically correct, they're both used in many different books, and in the East I learned Esha Deepo, and in the North I learned Deepam Samar Payami. And therefore, I am a universal citizen, I have no preference, uh, I love them both, and so I choose whatever comes to my mind at the time I do the puja, it's my way of saying I love you, God, and nobody's going to tell me how to do it. We have a question from Sadat Mananda in Washington. Namaste Sadat Mananda. Sometimes I do things where I ignore or don't pay attention to others because I rationalize that I am bringing myself closer to you and Ma. Sometimes my intoxication you frustrates others, and sometimes I think that I'm getting tunnel vision by not seeing you in everything. Can you shed any light on this with relevance to the introduction to the Chandi? With relevance to the introduction to the Chandi? Well, we, we will deal with those issues in the Chandi, uh, but right now we haven't come to those verses. So let me suggest to you, just as a private citizen, that your goal will be to harmonize your behavior with your environment and not to alienate anyone, which will cause you a necessity to work harder to bring them back into your harmony. Now, it'll be easier for you to bring Ma and me back into your harmony because you know we are understanding people. But many people are dogmatic and they're skeptical and they are not so universally disposed and they are not so lenient. So when you're with other people, I would suggest that you observe the, to the extent you're capable the normal behavior and expectations of people with whom you are dealing, especially if you think that you may need to deal with these people in the future if they are your financiers, if they are your customers, if they are your employers, if they are your parents, you're obviously going to have a long-standing relationship with them. You don't want to alienate them. Why would you give preference or preferential discrimination to an absentee guru than an imminently present superior. So when you harmonize your behavior with us, you'll do that in sadhana, and you'll do that when you come to the temple, and you'll do that with every behavior you perform. So if you're harmonizing your behavior with others, you're also in sync with us. We have just instructed you to do so. We have a question from Dan. Yes, Dan, namaste. 
Namaste. I recently heard a story of Ramakrishna's disciples staying up all night and performing sadhana during Ramakrishna's Kalpataru day. Why would they have stayed up all night? Can you instruct us as to when it is appropriate to stay up all night and chant and then sleep during the day versus waking up early to do our sadhana? No, I can't. And the reason I can't is because I stay up all the night every night. And then I stay up all the day. And I get a cat nap here and there. But we're going to come to the verse that says, Chandi Patam Divaratrao Kuriya Devana Sanshaya, who will recite the Chandi in the day and in the night, will become a Devata without a doubt. So I can certainly understand why he said, stay up all night and chant the Chandi, but I can't. I don't remember him ever saying, okay, now go to bed and don't do the puja in the morning. You're not entitled to do that. I don't care how much you sleep, but you got to do the puja. Uh, yes, please, Shiva. Um, why is the discus of revolving time named excellent intuitive vision? Because when we cultivate that patience, that we can wait for the time to be right, we get excellent intuitive vision. We get to harmonize all in our environment and make friends with all the beings that are going to be helpful to us in our future. And they recognize our patience and our forbearance and our capacity to discriminate what's going to bring me closer to my goal, patience, and what will chase me farther away from my goal, impatience. And they have a new respect for us. So the discus of revolving time is named Sudarshan. Su means excellent, darshan means Intuitive vision. Excellent intuitive vision is the name of the chakra, the discus of revolving time. We have a question from Divya in Gurgaon. Yes, namaste Divya. In the invocation of Sri Mahakali, Kadgam Chakram Gideshu Chapa, the goddess has ten arms, but the number of weapons are nine. Is there a significance to this? No. Uh, she has a mudra, which is not described. So that is the tenth hand. And uh, the, the, the mudra, uh, uh, let me find the mudra. She does have mudra though. And the, the mudra is generally Kalpatara mudra or Abhoi. Abhoi. We have a question from Ramya in Bangalore. Namaste Rami Mami. Pranam Swamiji. Is there a relationship between pursuing true wealth and the Shreem Bija mantra? Absolutely Ramya. You should know but more than anyone else. You are Ramya. <laughs> Ramya is the name of Lakshmi. She demonstrates the true wealth is Shri. Shreem Shami Shanti. Ra means your mind, E means your heart, Anuswar means perfect. The goddess of true wealth is the goddess. The true wealth is 
the perfection of peace in your mind and your heart. Believe me, she is not the goddess of the cash box. She is not the goddess of the cash register, where that is not the perfection of peace. It is one component of peace. Art. But it's not the full, the whole enchilada is a little different. It, the, the whole thing of peace is about having a mind submerged in divinity and a heart full of love. And you've got that perfect bhakti and gyan uniting in peace. And that's the true wealth. So yes, the goddess of true wealth is very significantly aligned with Srimbija. We have a question from Ambika in Princeton. Namaste Ambika Ma! It seems that the mala represents more than just a tool for counting mantras. Oh yes! <laughs> Can you help me understand how to develop a deeper understanding of the purpose of wearing a mala? Thank you. There are so many dimensions to the reminder and significance and symbolization that this mala represents to us. But not only does it count the mantras, but it reminds me every time I touch it that God is with me. And these are Rudraksha, these are the eyes of Rudra. He sees everything I do and the, he's with me all the time and he's got 54 steps of involution and 54 steps of evolution and I've got the circle of life and I've got the wheel of light and I've got 108 and 109 beads, 109 steps, 54 vibrations of evolving creation and 54 steps to coming back to Brahma and that's the guru and I want to know that the guru is always with me and all creation is an ornament around my neck and it's not just for counting mantras but for, for reminding me that I could become the best that I could possibly become. Yes please. Do you wear it all the time? No. When do you take it off? I take it off when I attend the calls of nature, when I take a shower, I take it off when I do something I don't want God to see. <laughs> what about sleeping? I don't sleep in a mall. But I have a single rudraksha. You do? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm afraid that I might roll over and strangle myself. <laughs> And what a way to go. But I have a single Rudraksha that doesn't give me any cause for alarm. And I wear that all the time. There ain't nothing he doesn't see. We have a question from Vivekananda in Washington. Namaste, Vivek. When chanting Om Agnir Jyoti, Jyotir Agni Swaha, etc., do I offer the deep or only with the next mantra? I notice you cup your hands when you say this as if offering the light. I cut my hands all the time. I've always got my hands outstretched. I am waiting for something to fall into my hands, just a little prasad, but I'm offering the deep without offering the deep. And that's why I cut my hands. And I uh, uh, offer the incense without offering the incense. And that's why I make the mudra of holding the incense, because I've become very lazy in my old age. And I would rather spend my time 
doing the mantras, then gathering together all the implements with which to do the worship. If I have loving friends and devotees that organize the whole puja for me, then I use everything, I offer everything they organize. And if they don't organize anything, I just say the mantra and the heck with it. I'll do the, I just cut my hands. But you're offering your soul. I'm offering my soul. And incense, you know, they say, Samal Jato, Romku Pache, Romku Tiki Jato, Yar, Veruchi, Uteruchi. And the incense is the fragrance of every particle of air that came from every uh, a follicle of hair on your body. So you, when you're offering the incense, every follicle of hair is exuding a fragrance, and that's the fragrance that yeah. you're offering. <laughs> it really is fun. Yeah, I don't need stuff to make pujas. Yeah, I, I, I want to give my soul. I want to offer the best I possibly can. So that's why I cut my hands. I'm a lazy boy. We have a question from Yasmina. Yasmin, namaste. What or who is the deity, the tortoise who supports the earth? Kurma Devata. Uh, and if you remember, uh, uh, Vishnu became the Matsya avatar. He was a fish completely in the water, and then he became Kurma, and he walked out of the water onto the land, and he got legs, and they, he's Kurma Devata. We have a question from Lori in Calgary. Namaste, Lori. When the Chandipath is performed on Sunday mornings, bells ring at specific times. What are these times? Uh, 9.30... 9 <laughs> 9.45... <laughs> yeah. Ma loves to ring the bell for all kinds of things. Uh, I remember Pavlov's dog, and every time I hear the bell, I get hungry. But mom rings the bell and she offers incense and she offers light and she rings the bell at the end of every chapter and she rings the bell at the beginning of the next chapter and she rings the bell at Arati and she rings, she's got a lot of bell ringing to do. I used to do the chandi ringing two bells, one in each hand for the entire length of the chandi. And sometimes I do that too. But I stopped that when I said, I said next to a microphone. And when I heard what it sounded like to listen to the ringing of the bell in the microphone, I stopped ringing the bell completely because it sounds <laughs> <laughs> It's awful. So I just stopped it. Can you tell her to come this Saturday? Uh, Lori? No, she's not. She's coming for Navratri. That's Laura. Oh. This is Lori in <laughs> Calgary. <laughs> Mother, you got to get your lores correct. This is, there's a lot of lore going around here. There's some folklore and there's some loras and there's lories. And... We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nandama. How can we keep our motivation strong to reach our long-term goals, whether it is to chant the Chandi every day or sit in an asana or any goal without losing patience? Oh, that's the, that's, the key, that's the one right there. I got to cultivate patience. And that's, you only get the patience by praying for patience. Slap yourself. Slap yourself? <laughs> wow. You ever see me do that, mother? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got to make signals to yourself. Help, say, self. Uh, Mr. Self, I want 
Now, what do I want? Why do I want it? What's my goal? What's my path? Why am I doing this? How can I quit? When I took the Sankalpa to perform, how can I say, God, I think I'm a little lazy today. I'm going to kick back and be a little, I'm going to hang and not fulfill my promise to you. But I would love it if you would fulfill your promise to me anyway, even though uh, I'm not doing everything I said I would do. I would think that it would be really nice if you would take pity on me and do everything that I wanted you to do in exchange for what I promised you. Let's be fair about this. Let's be reasonable. This is not that kind of negotiation. Nandama, we started out saying, okay, here I am and I'm going to do this. And then uh, we can't modify it along the way. <laughs> so now keep yourself focused and keep yourself charged and keep yourself pumped up and inspired. And that's the creativity. How do you make yourself inspired every time you do puja? It's the first time you do puja. Hey, I did a wedding last week, or the week before, whenever it was. And someone said after the wedding, you, 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 you know so many mantras? I said, that's surprising. That was the first time I ever did a wedding. <laughs> well, it was. Because every time is the first time. Every time is the first puja. So keep yourself gung-ho, excited and inspired and focused and privileged that you get to do the puja today. It's your first puja. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Namaste. Since you and Sri Ma are manifested Chandi, can you tell us about what happens when we participate in the privilege of chanting the Chandi with you both? <laughs> I can't tell you what happens to you. <laughs> I can tell you what happens to me. I go to a really, really neat space. Right. I go to a place where the vibrations of Chandi sort of take over. It doesn't matter how tired I am, how hungry I am, how much the cramp in my foot hurts. It doesn't matter how much my back aches or how much I have other problems knocking on my door. I get to go to the Chandi and that's the one place where I get to take refuge. All of those problems become insignificant. They pale in comparison to the privilege of being able to chant with my full attention and all my heart, all my love, all my joy, and to give her the sincerity of my heart. And that's what it's like for me. I can't tell you what it's like for you, Julia. This is a work in process and it will evolve over time. And I don't expect that you will come to the Chandi with the same feeling I have after 42 years of chanting the Chandi if you've done it for a few times or a few years or a few decades. It's not going to be the same experience as Srima has. I saw a picture today of Srima with black hair. 
<laughs> oh, God, this. I remember when she first started tempting the chanty. She had black hair. You hear my daddy, you jump on the water. <laughs> yeah. We were staying in the Jerambati, uh, uh, and Srima was in the convent, and they put all the boys in the monastery. Well, at four o'clock in the morning, this boy kind of snuck out of the monastery and was walking past the wall of the convent where he heard the voice, angelic voice, singing the chandi. <laughs> so I climbed up on the wall. <laughs> And there I was sitting, listening to Mom's chandi. And then some of the ladies came out of the a convent, and they saw this young sadhu guy sitting on top of the wall, listening to the chandi, and they said, Psh, come on down. And so they brought me down, and they snuck me into the room where there are no boys allowed. And they made me tea, and they gave me some chipitak. <laughs> Mondu made me tea, and she gave me some uh, flat rice, and uh, some muri, and, uh, and some uh, dalmot, and bujia. And I sat there eating the bujia muri, and listening to Srimas Chandi, until she was finished. And then it was light. And there was no way for me to climb over the wall again <laughs> without being discovered. That was so funny. So they dressed me up in a sari. <laughs> and they took me out and they put the sari over my head and they covered my beard and I walked out of the, of the convent through the front gate. <laughs> Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Can you Thank you all, Chandi. Chandi Maki Jai. Do you know great, you want to go to great lengths to acquire this knowledge, to have this experience. Do you know the uh, Rishi Atharbon was given this knowledge and the Ashwins said, would you give this knowledge to us? And Atharbon said, Indra said he would cut off my head if I told anyone the secret. So uh, the Ashwins, of course, were, are the physicians of the gods and they said to Atharbon, uh, we'll cut off your head for you. And we'll put it to the side, we'll fix another head on you, and let the, that head tell us the knowledge. So when Indra cuts off your head, then we'll put your original head right back on, you'll be fine. <laughs> and so he did. And it, this was one of the classic stories which was meant to illustrate what great lengths people will go to in order to acquire this knowledge. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, here we are even today, we're sitting at our computer screens. It was never delivered in this way before. This is really a historical or hysterical, whatever you may think. But it's really quite amazing that we can do it with such facility and such efficiency today. You can sit in your homes and offices and, and listen to the stories of the Chande. Yeah. And in my time, we didn't have computers that we could do a cook into Rishi's in the Himalayas. I had to climb the mountain. <laughs> and a lot of mountains I climbed. And it was really a beautiful scenery, but I didn't get the knowledge I was seeking. It was a lot of tapasya. But every now and then, I met Rishi like Srima, who brought Chandi alive for me and made me fall in love more and more with the goddess so that she became the sub substance of my life. The sum and the substance. She became the most important being. Namaste, everyone.